I don't feel safe, I gotta protect myself. Yeah. I'm gonna hoard. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bunkers and I'm gonna hoard. And I'm gonna hoard initiative, ideas, conversations, resources, collaboration, communication. I'm gonna hoard stuff if I don't feel safe. And one of the things that makes me feel safe as a leader is I can trust their work. Actually try to live out the values. And in the moments when they kind of can't and they're off the bubble, it bothers them. It makes me feel good that it bothers them that they could fill it. Because if it doesn't, I kind of worry about where your heart's at. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cardavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. Today is episode 45, and our special guest is Dr. Kevin Basic. The title today is Declare Your Identity and Live It, The Leadership Keys of Vulnerability and Integrity. Kevin is the president of Basic Insight, a company that helps energize and equip organizations to lead with character. We're going to be talking today about values-based leadership. Kevin is a former U.S. Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, spent 23 years in the Air Force teaching and studying and applying values-based leadership development. He's got some amazing ideas to share with us today. We're going to be talking about the cores of leadership, about vulnerability, about building and breaking trust. We're going to talk about the importance of declaring your identity to the people you live and work with so they can help you to live it. We're going to talk about what it takes to really build integrity and to break it down. Most importantly, we're going to talk about what it takes to be a leader that people want to follow. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. I'm excited to be back here in the Impact Leadership Podcast with Craig Matthews. And our special guest is Kevin Basic. I met Kevin about six months ago, actually, it was in January, I think, of 2020. He was speaking at a Vistage breakfast here in Tampa, Florida. And I remember him talking, and I went up to him afterwards, and I quoted him a line from the movie Jerry Maguire. <laughs> because in Jerry Maguire, there's a famous line that said, you had me at hello. <laughs> and I said, Kevin, you had me at vulnerability. Because he got up within the first two minutes, he was talking about vulnerability and trust, and he had me. I was hooked. I was a, a lover of Kevin Basic, so I'm thrilled he's here today. Kevin has such an amazing uh, journey. He's already been on. He's a 1993 graduate of the Air Force Academy, hmm. served 23 years in the U.S. Air Force, retired as a lieutenant colonel. And today, fast forward, he is now a leadership development sage. I'm going to give you the sage label already. His company is called Basic Insight which is dedicated to energizing, enlightening, and equipping organizations to lead with character. Mm. And something we're going to talk about today, I might as well just tip our hand now, is we're going to talk about values-based leadership, and we're going to talk about 
the word in leadership, the foundation, which is trust. So welcome, Kevin. Well, thank you, Jeff. Craig, great, great to be here. I'm excited about this. And, and the phrase that I think also popped up in our conversation was brothers from no, another mother. You know, it was just we're kindred spirits. Craig, I know you're in the same family, too. So um, I just I dig this stuff. And to be honest with you, I love the fact that what I know we're going to talk about today travels and it travels in your professional arena. But man, it travels in your personal life, too, is the, the things that matter matter and they matter all over the place. And when they're not there, you see the consequences. So I'm excited. Welcome. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you here. And, and I will say, Jeff doesn't usually put the sage label on anybody. So that's, that's a big honor. I figured my mom <laughs> called him or something this morning. Yeah. Oh, my son is sage. He's a sage well, usually, I put it at the, usually I put it at the end of the interview. Now the bird talked to me actually sagey, right? I got to actually pull it off. It's called that's raising right. the bar, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks for everything. I know you're up for the challenge. So give our audience a little bit of the uh, Kevin Basic story that brings you here today. Well, I, I appreciate it. Um, so as you mentioned, I uh, spent a lot of time in the military. So, so 23 plus years in the military. And uh, I got, I was a behavioral scientist by sort of career field. And there's not many of us that do that. And early on in my career, the Air Force realized I, I kind of had a bent for this leadership development thing. So I got put on a track that most people don't even, that, that really doesn't even exist. But along that journey, I got a master's in industrial organizational psychology, hmm. studying small team leadership. Um, later on, I got the nerdy PhD in organizational behavior, studying values-based leadership. And in particular, this thing called behavioral integrity. But along the way, um, you know, I taught leadership out at the Air Force Academy. I, I ran the leadership uh, um, Air Force ROTC detachment at the Citadel, um, or at least the, the leadership development part. Um, I got pulled up to run leadership development nationally for Air Force ROTC. So any college or university in America wow. that had uh, Air Force ROTC, I had the leadership piece. Um, I went back and ran the programs for the Center for Character and Leadership Development for the Air Force. So that is how do we develop leaders of character hmm. um, for the nation. And then as my last assignment, I got pulled up to the Pentagon because of my background. They said, Hey, you know, in about 2013, 2014, there's a bunch of senior officers who are doing things that they knew better than to do. And uh, they were losing back to your point, Jeff, the president called in the secretary of defense and the chairman of the joint chiefs and said, you need to fix this. You're losing the trust of the people that you serve. And there, there were things happening with senior general officers, but also senior enlisted, senior civilians, contractors, so I got pulled up to be a part of a team to just try and fan the flames of this, the, the, the professional identity. Because, you know, there's a compliance component. There's lawyers and, and, and chaplains and all that, and there's a place for that. But they wanted to really focus on the professional identity and um, how, do we, how do we reconnect people with their commitment to the values we espouse. So after I got out, I just... I said, hey, I mix the Kool-Aid, I drink the Kool-Aid, I serve the Kool-Aid, man. I want to keep sharing this stuff. So that's what I do. So I st still talk a lot to the military folks, but corporate audiences go, hey, we're in this fight too. Leaders of character, that, that kind of matters in our organization. And I want to be one of those too in my family, in my organization, in my church, in my community. Yep. So uh, as I said, what, what matters in one place matters and you don't have to be in a formal leadership role. It's just if you're trying to influence people towards a better outcome, 
Wow, that is a fantastic story. I was actually in the Air Force ROTC at, at NC State. Hey, all so, right. Yeah. Yeah, so I was, uh, I was the chief of training. So awesome, field training, man. Field training thing, I ran all the field trainings. I wrote the field training manuals. I, yep, went through field training, went through uh, lighter craft training. Yep. So Jeff Craig will start twitching in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, That's I think right. it's fascinating, you know, when you look at the military and you're talking about heart, oftentimes we, you know, the outside world doesn't really understand that that, that is a core of the leadership training that goes on. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, uh, Jeff, when you brought that up, the idea of vulnerability for so long in the military mm. uh, was the, the mental model was that is weakness. You don't show vulnerability, you know, if you spend especially if you're in a leadership role. And I got to say, I'm, I'm confident that for the most part, I think the cheese has moved. The pendulum has swung because we've seen the power available in a commander, in, in a leader, a supervisor, formal or informal, that just says, hey, I need you. I'm struggling with this. I could use your help. I'm sorry. Wow. I don't know. You know, just those simple things. A phrase has kind of popped up over the last couple of months that's sort of, I've, I've filtered it down. And the bottom line is trust. Trust is a volley, right? There's a relationship there somewhere. It's a volley. And it's usually a volley to four hands if it's healthy because we can pick up the pace and you start to build it and it feels better. But somebody's got to serve. Wow. I have never heard that analogy. That's awesome. And, uh, and so often when there is, we're at a point of distrust or dysfunction in an organization, it's the leader's opportunity to step forward and just serve and say, hmm. I'm trying to be a better leader than what you've got. And you deserve better. And we've all got maybe a, a little bit of a stake in where we're at right now, but I own that I've contributed to it and I need you and I need some help. And I've just seen the Dukes go down and new conversations start when vulnerability shows up when offered by the leader. Okay, well, we can stop now. That's all we needed. That's a wrap. Uh, thanks for putting a bow on that about you know those few minutes, Kevin. No, we're we're gonna do more, folks. But that you just did it. You know, you just there's the you dropped the wisdom bomb. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and I, I I'm no surprise there, Kevin. So many things I want to touch base on, and I love that you talked about the idea of vulnerability, and especially in the military, because like Craig said, there's so much of this belief that that's the opposite of military leadership. And so I have a lot of people who say, I don't want to learn anything about military leadership because that doesn't apply. And mm. it, it is the epitome of autocratic leadership. And what I've learned as a student of history, and I don't know if we've even talked about it, probably the, the, the leader that I most look up to, that I want to most be like, is a military leader, actually. Mm. And it's Major Dick Winters mm. from oh, Band yeah. of yeah. Brothers. Band of Brothers, you bet. And what a humble, vulnerable leader. Yeah, exactly. And I, I had an opportunity many years ago, and I believe it was before he had passed, to meet a couple of the men that served with him. And I asked them about Dick Winters and what they said. The, the one man, it was Wild Bill Garnier, said, Dick Winters is not only the finest leader I've ever known, he's the finest man I've ever known. Right. And to me, that you're done. If that's what you, how you show up, that's what leadership is. To have people see you that way and follow you that way, that's about trust, vulnerability. So it's just be it is beautiful stuff, Kevin. Yeah, and that, you know, that authenticity is a reason that it travels from space to space. Is people mm -hmm. see through it. When you're trying to sort of posture yourself, click, I'm in the leadership mode right now, 
and then I go back to my family or my personal relationship, I'm a whole different cat, is you can, you can only keep that up for so long. And people start seeing through that. But when you're, when you're on the hunt to just get it right, you're going to be on the hunt whether you're in an office in cubicles or you're out on the battlefield or you're in the boardroom is, you know, you, you feel it in your gut when we're, we're drifting away from our values or mm. I'm not who I promised myself and you I was going to be. That is so important. So it just, it shows up <clears throat> everywhere. And yeah, he's, that whole series is just so powerful because it showcases the strength that comes from that humility and vulnerability. It doesn't mean it doesn't have to mean you don't hold people accountable. Vulnerable. Right. You can lovingly hold people accountable and uphold standards. The power and the humility and the vulnerability is you're holding yourself accountable too. And people are watching that game. Um, so that's now make no mistake, the military has showcased plenty of poor examples of leadership. Other command and control leadership and top down and 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 power driven. This is where your rank is. I win, you lose, you know, that game. I worked in the Pentagon, man. I always lost that game. But um, the Pentagon, so the military is, is a case study for where it's done right, but also, you know, where it's done wrong. What do we learn from that? Yeah. I love that you talk about the integrity of being true to yourself as well, because oftentimes we think about integrity as just, just doing what you say you're going to do. But really when you're true to yourself as well, and living into what you know you were your purpose on this earth that that's what gives a lot of power to that as well so kevin you you used a phrase in your opening that i don't know i've really heard at all but not very often which is behavioral integrity <laughs> yeah so tell us more about what that is so so here's here's how I kind of get connected with the academic terminology, the term. And there's a, a scholar by the name of Tony Simons out of Cornell who's kind of coined this term and has done a lot of the research in the area. So I was at my PhD program at Florida State and I was telling my advisor this story. Um, when I was a young officer, I'm on a golf course in San Antonio, Texas. And I meet up with this guy, I get paired up with a dude to play some golf, right? And he finds out I'm in the Air Force. Hey, I was in the Air Force too. I was enlisted. I got out. I got back in as as in, uh, he was um, got his degree. Got back in. I was in technology back in the time. The guy's from Boston. He's like Norm from Cheers. You love this guy. And uh, he said I got out after a few years and I stayed in the technology arena. And I'll be honest, I kind of hit hit the lottery. So this is in '95. So he owned his own personal computing consulting company back when that industry was just starting out. So this mm. guy's killing it. And um, he was obviously very successful in his personal life and his professional life. I just like what I saw in this guy. So we finished the round and I said, hey, Don, I'd love some just mentoring from you. I think you got some secret sauce that I could benefit from. So can we grab a beer? So we grabbed beers and I said, here's the deal, man. I don't want to backstab a brown nose, but what can I do to set myself apart, right? And uh, he said, I think I got what you're looking for, brother. He goes, uh, first time I made... 35 grand, and I thought I'd, I'd become successful because I'm a young person and I'm just sort of separating myself from the pack. And I'm thinking, why is that? What seems to be making the problem, making the difference? He said, I know my job and I bust my butt. He said, first time I made 250,000 in a year. I thought, okay, I pretty much qualified successful now. What seems to make the difference? He said, I know how to manage projects, know how to lead people, still got the work ethic. First time I made a million bucks in a year, the dude says. 
I got scared because I'm watching other people work themselves out of health and family and jobs and all that. And it's just working out for me. Right. He said, so I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. And then I noticed something. And once I noticed it, I couldn't not notice it. <laughs> and it's the goggles that became my dissertation. He said, here's what I think it is. Be the one who does what you say you're going to do. And I said, oh, that's it? He said, shut up, that's it. That's the problem right there. You think you're that guy. <laughs> you're not that guy. You're not always that guy anyway. And here's the deal. Here's, what, here's where the magic is. Life is just moment to moment. Doesn't come at you all at once. Comes at you moment to moment. Mm -hmm. This is why it's behavioral integrity, by the way. It's a string of unending testable moments, right? It's a mountain with no top. But if in the moment you, you recognize and acknowledge that you are not, here it is in integrity integrity just means wholeness and oneness and alignment you in this moment are not in integrity with the word you gave the promise you made the the commitment you've given either to the other person or to yourself or the values you, you espouse whether you verbally espouse them or you're kind of kind of bought into them in this moment you're here right just you're not gonna make you a bad person but make no mistake you're here he said, if that bothers you, that alone will start to set you apart. Mm. You're, because there's a cost, and the cost usually shows up like trust. That's the cost, whether it's trust with yourself or somebody else. And you got a choice. When you are here, you got a choice. You can either fight like heck to get back in integrity, and you still got a little mess to clean up here because you were here, or you just let it ride, and this is going to get bigger and bigger. So the idea of behavioral integrity, and, and here's the academic side. It is the perceived pattern of alignment between the leader's espoused words and values and their actions. It's, wow. it's so easy, but the problem is everybody thinks they're that guy. They think, ah, I'm pretty much good to go. Because we judge ourselves by, based on our intent. Yeah. We judge others based on their actions. We judge ourselves based on our intent. And I heard, let me finish by saying this. I heard this great quote from uh, Bob Keegan. He's a, he's a change management um, scholar he's the guru he's the real guru and he offered this little uh puzzle 14 frogs are on a log okay three of them decide to jump off how many frogs are on the log okay so how 14. many there there are still 14 frogs because just deciding is different than actually jumping and we all have great intention we all have commitments but do we live them out? And we don't live them out all at once. We live them out moment by moment. Mm. So good. Personal life and professional life. Yeah, what we look at at Cartavera is, is really the integrity and values is the core. That's, that's the bottom of the pyramid, yeah. the foundation on which everything is built. And then we look at the interpersonal skills and the emotional intelligence. And then we look at the technical skills. And oftentimes people say, okay, the technical skills is what we look at. And to your point of the person that you were talking to, he was talking about the success at the early stages was really about his technical skills. Yeah. And when he finally got it, when he got that, that greatest level of success, that was where he was converting that now into his integrity. Yeah. And, and the, now with your technical skills, you've got to deliver on your promise. Oh, sure. Absolutely. But I think as we move up, there's interesting research by, uh, by Gordy Kerfee, uh, Hogan and Kerfee that say subordinates, Actually, when they look up at their leaders, what they want from them is character. Yes. When leaders look down on their subordinates, what they tend to want or focus on is sort of technical performance, which explains one of the reasons why. Who does the promoting? 
it's these people over here who are looking down. Mm. It explains one of the reasons why toxic people can move up because the leaders are focused on mm. sort of technical performance. Interesting. And then all of a sudden they get up to the leadership position and everybody's looking up at this leader going, yeah, they hit their numbers, but there's body bags everywhere, man. <laughs> mm. And the culture's destroyed. How would they, how did they get to this level? Well, it's because the people doing the promoting were focused on the numbers. And what we know from toxic leadership is toxic leaders are good at kissing up and kicking down. <laughs> that's how the system sort of set up. But uh, we've, you've got to be able to deliver on your promise, you know, your customer promise on the technical stuff. But man, when you're in a leadership position, it's delivery on the, the values-based promise that really matters because especially in times of change and uncertainty, I mean, here we are in this COVID pandemic, but there's always volatility and change and uncertainty and all that. Bottom line is people look to their leaders and they ask two questions. Am I safe? Hmm. Are we safe? If I don't feel safe, I got to protect myself. Yep. I'm going to hoard. I'm going I'm to go to bunkers and I'm going to hoard. And I'm going to hoard initiative, ideas, conversations, resources, collaboration, communication. I'm going to hoard stuff if I don't feel safe. And mm. one of the things that makes me feel safe and leader is I can trust their word. They actually try to live out the values. And in the moments when they kind of can't and they're off the bubble, it bothers them. It makes mm. me feel good that it bothers them that they couldn't deliver. Because if done, I kind of worry about where your heart's at. Mm. Wow. Well, I want to fill in the gap for our listeners because, you, Kevin, you're showing a great visual, and they may just hear part of the audio, so I want to make it clear to everybody. So Kevin was showing is, you know, your hands sort of lined up, but what happens when you get out of alignment, it's off at an angle and it creates a gap. And what he was saying is if you don't address it, that gap continues to grow. Mm. And I love, Kevin, I, I love that this is about integrity because mm. I'm with you. I think people are terrified about the idea of integrity because people want to believe they are high integrity people. Yeah. But it, it, is, it is so ultimately simple. I know Craig's heard this from me before. When I do workshops on leadership, I often break them into small groups. And I'll say, I want you to spend a couple minutes, make a list of all the things that build trust and all the things that break trust. And I'll take it done and I'll say, okay, if you started with the list of what do you do to break trust, stand up. And everybody stands up. They always start with break trust because it's so obvious and it's actually the longer list. Yeah, yeah. Because when you look at the how do you build trust, it usually comes down to two things. One is don't do the things on the other list. <laughs> but the other, the other is just do what you say you're going to do. And, and align your value. So if you say, I believe in this, put it into action. And if you don't, you're done to me as in firm term trust. You're done. And one of the reasons why the, the behavioral integrity thing resonated with me is so often we paint with this broad brush is you either got integrity or you don't is, Hey, I've been married for 25 years in a row. Right. And, row. <laughs> and, that, and that's, that's what's hard for my life. And there are moments I kill it as a husband. I am in line with my commitment to her of being supportive and loving and a good listener and, and encourager and all that. But man, there are moments when I don't get up. Yep. And I, it, luckily there's a recovery moment still available. That's, that's a big, <laughs> we talk a whole lot about the power of the recovery moment, but 
when, when you are, you know, back to the hand gesture, when they are, the, the hands are separated a little bit and there's a gap between what you said and what you actually deliver, it doesn't mean you're a bad person necessarily, unless the, you know, it depends on what the topic is, but typically it just means you're out of integrity. The, the ball is back in your court. So what do you want to do now? Cause you can get back in integrity. You just got to battle. You got to battle to, there's some humility maybe that needs to take place to own that you're out of integrity. But I, I think it, it gives us some grace to say um, it's, there's, there's a whole, I keep going back to the research here. There's this thing called growth mindset. You guys are probably familiar with growth versus fixed mindset. And growth mindset, I love Carol Dweck's phrase. She goes, there's power in the word yet. Mm-hmm. When your kids say, well, I can't do this. You go, you can't do this yet. That one word all of a sudden says, falls in your court. Now it's a function of practice and effort. And what are you going to do? Uh, you know, I can't speak Spanish. Not yet. Okay. I think behavioral integrity is the same way as I'm out of integrity in this moment. So what are you going to do? And as a matter of fact, your recovery moment may make the organization may make the relationship even stronger because it is an opportunity for you to showcase who you're really trying to be. And Lord knows you can handle it so well that the, the stumble, the breakdown was a blessing. You know, Mm. you just like you go to a restaurant. I mean, that, if they bring out food that should have been hot and it was cold, it's not a big deal, but it was customer service out of integrity moment. They, the promise was not honored. So you hand it back and go, I'm curious to see how you're going to respond because this matters now. Right. And there are some places that do it so well. It, it was a huge oper- a huge win for them. And now we've got that opportunity in our trust-based relationships too. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartavera.com. Welcome back. So, Kevin, we talk about this when it comes to the recovery. We all have blind spots. So there are times that I need someone else to point out that I'm out of integrity, that I have a gap, because I may not see it. Yeah. And that does happen. But speak to the importance of a leader not only owning it, but going first to acknowledge it. Yeah. And ter- basically telling on themselves. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going I'm to set the stage even easier there because so in order to be the one who does what you say you're going to do, you got to say what you're going to do. <laughs> you got to plant the flag and go, this is who I'm trying to be. And what I've found, and I, I spend some time in my workshops doing this, I say, you've got to declare your identity. Who are you trying to be while you do what you do? And, you know, there's, there's exercises and exercises activities. I've got this thing called the eavesdrop where you identify the key stakeholders in this season of your life. Let's put a fence around it and say for two years, this is who kind of matters to me. For me right now, you know, I'm a, I'm a business owner, but I'm a dad of teenage daughters. I'm a husband. So my, my wife is one of my audience members, my stakeholders. My daughters obviously are. Um, you are anybody that I partner professionally with. I want you, at the end of this interaction for you to conclude something about how I've lived and led in this moment. Yeah. Um, 
And I'll be honest with you, right now, my mom and dad are um, one of my critical stakeholder audiences because my dad's in memory care. Um, mm. Matter of fact, he had entered memory care before COVID and since this whole thing, um, he has since fallen and broken the hip, gotten his, his hip fixed, but gone into physical therapy where he popped positive for COVID. Mm. They put him on in a room where he really couldn't move a whole lot. So as of two weeks ago, he's got pneumonia and still has COVID. And uh, mm. so who am I trying to be? What's it look like for me to perfectly hit the right target in honoring my mom while she's going through this? Her man of 63 years. Mm. She's like a raccoon scratching at the door trying to get to her, her boy. Mm. And uh, what's it look like for me to honor her, to honor my dad while he's going through this? Um, I've got to get clear on that and declare it. And I'd be honest, because I'm sharing this with you right now, and made myself a little vulnerable and just going, it ain't easy from three states away while I got business and all this other stuff going on. I've invited you to help me be the guy I'm trying to be. Hmm. Because already you're starting to think of, gosh, you know, oh, I'd love for him to talk to so-and-so, or I've been through this and I know this has helped me in the past and I'd like to share that. When we share our commitment, our, our values, and we make the invisible visible, um, we allow people to tap us on the shoulder and go, hey, brother, I know who you're trying to be for us as a team, mm. as our leader. In that last staff meeting, you kind of drifted a little bit. And mm. I just wanted to help you realize that. I shouldn't yeah. take offense to that because not only did I tell you I wanted to be that, mm-hmm. by sharing it with you, I, I, I need help. I'm asking you to help me. And uh, I call them rope holders. I, I'm handing you a rope. And I want you to pull me towards the man I'm trying to be. So how do you set the conditions for people to let you know when you're out of integrity? You let them know what in integrity you're trying to shoot for. What what does in integrity look like in our relationship? You share that with the people you're trying to lead. And then you've made it very comfortable for them to raise their hand and go, you say this is important. I didn't feel like it there. I'm just letting you know. But you also give them permission. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, that I really like about what you said, uh, key takeaway, is that you're deciding who your stakeholders are for a season. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, this is, this is my priority for the rest of my life. It's in this season, and that makes so much sense. I've, I've not heard it that way. Yeah, and for me, the, the, the process showed up because, you know, in the military, you're changing jobs every two years. So what I would do is at that sort of season of transition, I would say, what did I learn coming out of this last mm. Strengths and weaknesses, man. I got to shine a light on this stuff. I notice I tend to do this. I tend to build things that don't endure after I leave. I, I talk on it. I've noticed that I don't do the hard work because I'm the, I'm the energy. I'm the heart guy. I don't add the structure that needs for sustainability. Doggone it. I've noticed that. And I don't think I need, I got to, I got to commit to not doing that in this next season. I've also noticed that I tend to, in my relationship with my daughters, I'm a good guy, but I tend to focus on what's going wrong instead of what's mm. going right. You know, I, so I evaluate what baggage and strengths I'm, I'm coming out of last season with and then pivot and going, okay, given that, who are the key stakeholders? What relationship am I trying? What conclusion and quote am I trying to build in their lives? Mm. My daughters will never say, um, at the end of this two-year season, my dad didn't focus on what was wrong as much as he focused on what was right. He was a champion for what the, what the bright spots are. 
Yeah. I, I commit to that because I know how I've screwed it up in the past. So, you know, the, the two year season gives you an opportunity to take a deep breath and go, all right, how am I doing? And the world, Lord knows the world changes every two years anyway. So um, <laughs> uh, probably a little, a little faster than that. Yeah, a little, little bit, huh? So I'm going to highlight something you said, Kevin. I think it's really a critical awareness. I don't think you used the word, but when you were talking about declaring your identity and creating rope holders, that to me is vulnerability in action because that's what vulnerability is. I'm saying I need help. I'm saying I don't have the answers and I'm taking that risk to share my identity with you, knowing that now it's exposed. Because so many leaders, I think, struggle with vulnerability for two reasons. One is they don't know what it is. So they think it's all about, well, I have to be this emotional puddle now. Exactly. And it's really, it's about vulnerability in action. And I've, I've seen this so often and when you were talking, a story flashed in my head of a coaching client and I'll do the short version. He wanted to be a, do a better job of being home for his wife. Mm-hmm. He realized that he was not doing a good job of just being there. And he, I said, well, what kind of commitment do you want to make? And I will tell you, it took 20 minutes to actually have him make commitments. It was, <laughs> well, I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to try and get home for dinner. <laughs> it took 20 minutes to get him to say at least twice a week, I will be home for dinner and acknowledge that meant in the door. He's in the door, <laughs> ready to sit down for dinner. And after 20 minutes, I said, there's one more thing. He said, what's that? I said, you have to go home and tell your wife. <laughs> and he said, why would I do that? <laughs> and I said, well, we're going to need another 20 minutes because there's so much resistance. Yeah. I think there's so much resistance to actually being accountable and being vulnerable. That's the vulnerability of it. And so I love those very tangible examples you gave to people and to leaders of how to be vulnerable and to take that risk, because it's a risk. It's a risk you're going to mess up, and you will. You I, will. I, lo- I love it. And I've, se- I've seen the exact same thing, Jeff. And, and uh, I work with CEOs. You, you heard me at Vistage. So what I'll do is this, what I call the, the post-it. Um, this is just the toe-in-the-water part for, for the bigger workshop. So I'll say, we've talked about behavioral integrity. We've talked about to be the one who does what you say you're going to do, you got to say what you're going to do and what you're going to be for these key relationships. Because life and leadership is all about relationships. Mm. And, yeah. and so I take them through some examples and I say, all right, there's a post-it on the back of your workbook. Just pull it off. And I want you to write, at the end of, of the next two years, I want you to, let's put, let's, I'm going to pick one of your audiences, whoever you have your staff meeting with, because this is where CEOs. So this is your first line team, your, your top team. What two words would you love to overhear them say about mm-hmm. if they didn't know you were listening? Um, so if, if they could hear their top team talking about you at the end of this two years, what two words would capture the essence of what you would hope, desperately hope they'd say, this culminates, this is what I think about is how Craig lived and led in our lives, right? So you write those two words and some of them are like champion and, and, and uh, mentor and inspirational. They're, they're good words, right? Then we spend some time. Take about two minutes, turn to the person next to you and say, here's what I mean by those two words, okay? Because right now they're just bumper stickers. Here's what I, when I say. <laughs> I want them to feel like I actually delivered on the promise of our company and our, this is good stuff. Now they're getting all fired up. They're beating their chest. I want to be a, a coach and champion, right? I want my wife to say I'm present and engaged. Those are my two, okay? Good stuff. <laughs> So then here's where things change. I say, I want you to pull out your phones and take a picture of your post-it. 
Now, there's a bunch of old folks in the <laughs> Here's all you're going to do. You're going to text or email that picture to whoever coordinates your staff meeting and say, make this the first slide of my next staff meeting. Mm. And the room, they're like, wait, why? Why? Okay. <laughs> you're gonna be, here's how easy it's going to be. You're going to, the slide's going to go up and you go, hey, hey, we had this guy come in and talk to us about who we're trying to be as we live and lead. And these two words are what I want to bring to life in our relationship over the next two years from your perspective. Wow. And you got to spend 30 seconds going, and here's what I mean by that. And hey, you've all just practiced it. And that, you know, still look on their face and I'm like, why would you be worried about sharing this? This is literally what you want to bring to life. Right. And I said, here's the deal though. After you explain what you mean by those two words, all you're going to do is go, okay, now on to our staff meeting. Click and move <laughs> on. And all that's going to happen, everybody in your room is going to go, all right, let's see. Because it's now a testable moment. Everything is now a testable moment for those two words. Because you know there's some people around the table going, I wouldn't say that word right now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Not based on what you just handled last week. So if you're serious about bringing it to life, you got to engineer it and you engineer it in the moments, but you've just put it up there. And if you do a good job explaining, here's why I want to be this for you. What have you done? You just handed them a rope and said, help me be this. And when I'm not being this, pull me in the right direction. Wow. That's the pucker moment. <laughs> oh man, but that little post, as soon as they take that picture, like, wait, I'm supposed to do something with it? <laughs> well, Kevin, I have a question about that. So what's your guess? I know it's a guess. What percentage of those people in the audience either don't actually text it or they text it to themselves, but yeah, right. they send it? Yeah, they're just clicking their phones, not even on, right? Yeah. I, you can see in the eyes of the ones who are hands down going to do it. I mean, you, you, the, the 5 to 10% are just, they're like, this is it. I, I, they have a heart for this anyway. It's just a new sort of technique to deliver on what their conversation typically is anyway. Mm. There are some who are just like, not a chance. I, my, I know my team. <laughs> they already explain away. I know my team. They wouldn't get it. Um, they're not smart <laughs> enough or they don't understand. It. Yeah, I understand. And in the middle, and you can see them just sort of go, I, I do believe this. I buy it, but it's uncomfortable because I don't know how it's going to go. Or yeah. I know that I don't, I, I've got to deal with me out of integrity there. And all I can do, my, my technique for trying to warm the water is to model how often I've screwed it up. It is to say, here's, let me, let me tell you a story about when I, I've said I was a champion for this. And then I was up in the middle of the night staring in the mirror going, literally, basically, what do you stand for? This is an at-bat to prove it. You're either all talk or you, you're bought into this. Yes, it's uncomfortable. But this counts. This moment counts. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've had dad moments where I've said in my heart, I want to be present and engaged. Mm -hmm. And I went to bed going, that was a lousy at bat. <laughs> I blew it. Yep. But the game continues. New moments show up to say, all right, um, let me demonstrate. I am serious about this, despite what happened yesterday. Fortunately, children are pretty resilient. Um, yeah, I've got teenage children now, though. So, so they... Um, they remember things a little bit differently. But well, Jeff and I are on the other side of that. So we have grown children, you know, mine are 25 and 21. And, you know, it's, 
they they made it through. We still have a great relationship. <laughs> so, yeah. great right, in spite right? of them, their dad, right? So it's in spite of me as their dad. No, yeah, my mom or my, my wife did a great job. You and I have a different opinion on that, Craig. But that's a whole other episode. <laughs> I, I think that we have a we have an incredible impact on our children in small yes. moments. Absolutely, and that that does leave a lasting legacy. It's not always the whole package. So that's just the motivation. So um, Kevin, you highlighted something interesting. We, we had a guest early in the podcast. I don't know if you know Tommy Spaulding. Tommy's a, a dear friend of mine. In fact, I just mm -hmm. spent the weekend with him. He's written a couple of books. His last book was called Heart-Led Leader. Um, actually, funny, Craig, his next book is all about influence. No surprise. <laughs> yeah. But when he was on the interview, he said, something similar to what you just said. He said, you know, the thing about leadership is it's a choice. Mm -hmm. And he uses heart-led leader and servant leader interchangeably. And he said, you know, most leaders don't wake up and say, I want to be a jerk today. <laughs> sure. He said 90% of the leaders you talk to would say, I'm a servant leader. But he said the reality only about 10% actually are. And like when you said, there's five or 10% in the room that said, yeah, game on. I love this. This is another edge for me. Yeah, I'm going to send it to more people. I'm going to send it to my mom. I'm going to do, give me more post-it notes, right? Send there's that group. Mom. Give me more post-it notes. I think there's this huge group of leaders in the middle, which I think all three of us are the, those are the ones we're trying to serve mm -hmm. who are saying, I want to do this better. There's at least some element of awareness or a crack of opening yeah. for change. And that's what this message is for. To invite people into that space and invite them into a vulnerable space. So they can be who they say they are. The, the encouraging thing in, in all this is, um, and I think, Jeff, we did this in the, in the Vistage session. I, one of the things I do in my workshop is I say, I'd like to know what the rest of the sentence is for, for you. If you're going to successfully lead me, someone as impressive as me, by God, you had better blank. Now, I ask that question, CEOs and school teachers, police officers, special forces folks. And the responses are amazingly similar. There's, there's about five and a half buckets, I say, that, that emerge. But the number one bucket, the, the, the number one is the number one, which is the top lever for influencing people, is if you want to lead me, you better lead by example. Because uh, I'm watching you. And in times like these, I'll go back to that. I'm so sick of this phrase. In unprecedented times, I don't know if we've ever had precedented times. But <laughs> in, in times like these, where there's a lot of an uncertainty or fear or anxiety, yeah. there's gaps in the information, and people will fill those gaps with craziness. Yes. But the best gap filler <laughs> is your example. As people say, you show me what right looks like. Uh, the yeah. talk is important because it can signal where we're going and what we're trying to be about. But if the video doesn't match the audio they're going with the video every time man the, the video how you actually walk and act signals to <laughs> me who you really are and I, it drives me nuts when i see a lot of times it happens in sports where they're like yeah i know what happened yesterday but that's not me that's not me what well, was yesterday okay i can't help but conclude you know you it's a, that's at least in you so how you respond right now is to deny it which yeah. is putting you even worse in a worse corner but your, your example is a powerful tool to move the relationship forward, the organization forward. And when people, we're back to that safety thing, <clears throat> when people don't feel safe, all heads pivot towards the leader to say, show me what right is in this tribe. 
and your actions are going to be the biggest driver. Yeah. Kevin, this is amazing. Uh, As we wrap up, I I do want you to address one question, something you talked about that I think leaders don't know what to do with, even if they're willing. And you talked about rope holders. I love that. That Who are you giving the rope to to help you in this journey? I, I know it's about action, but what's the snippet that you, the key to the leaders when they give that person to the rope, what do they have to communicate when they give that person the rope? Uh, you've got to share who it is you're trying to be, even in other relationships. Hmm. On, on the, when I was teaching leadership at the Air Force Academy, I would start off and I would tell them, here's, here's the goggles. Here's the behavioral integrity goggles. And as a leader, here's who I'm trying to be for you. Here are the things I believe. Um, I was teaching leadership and I said, I believe there are 25 plus one students in this class because I'm a student of leadership too. <laughs> and I'm going to model to you what it looks like to just be hungry to learn more about this. Hmm. And because of that, you're going to see me exploring and asking questions and wondering in a certain way. That is in integrity with just that commitment. Um, I said, I, I think I need to model to you guys um, what respect is. And so I shouldn't talk poorly about you, about other people, and for sure about my wife. I didn't have kids at the time. And if you hear me just getting loosey-goosey and making a comment about anybody else or my wife in a disrespectful manner, I need you to raise your hand. Call me out on it. I invite you to do it. Hmm. In, this, in this last season, I'll share this one last thing with you. Um, so my, my commitment shows up in the form of a letter. Okay, and I literally, in my letter, it's a letter to myself, I'll say, here are the different audiences, stakeholders, and here's the quote I would love to overhear them say at the end of the next two years about how I've lived and led in this relationship. And I really unpack it, man. And I, I put in there the things I know I tend to screw up, and I want the, that person to say he never does that, right? I, I call myself out. But then I share that letter with the stakeholders, and I, uh, to include my wife and my daughters, and I go, here's who I'm trying to be for you, hmm. But here are some of the other relationships in my life that matter. If you can help me in any of these, I, I appreciate it. And we were getting ready to fly down to see my mom and my dad before my dad went into memory care. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, came in my office. She was like, Dad, we can't go to Florida to see Nan and Papa. I'm like, wait, what? She goes, my band camp, my freshman, first ever band camp starts on Monday, Monday morning. We don't get back till Tuesday. So, and I can't miss the first day or I'll get kicked out of band camp and the sky falls and the world ends and all that. You know, she's 14 years old. And I said, I want to honor how important this is for you because I, I know you don't, you don't want to miss this and that's, that's legitimate. I get that. But we're, we're still going to Florida. We'll just shorten it by today. Okay. And you know, sweetie, who I'm trying to be for my mom and dad. I'm your dad, but I'm also a kid trying to get it right for his parents. Mm-hmm. And you know what's at stake right now. And at the end of my quote, I'll put two words, right? What, if I were to boil it all down, what two words capture how I want this to be? Just like the post-it, right? And I said, you see this word honored at the end for my mom and dad? When we go to Florida, because we're on a compressed time now, I want you to help me bring that word to life. That mm-hmm. means if, if I'm on the phone, if I'm distracted when I could be spending time with them, call me on it. Tap me on the shoulder. If I see you on the phone when you could be baking banana bread with Nan or taking walks or something like that, that's, that's not in integrity with honor. Mm. So I need your help to bring that word to life. And here, her response was this. 
dad, I got your back. Mm. Now for a 14 year old kid to say, I can help you be the man you're trying to be. Wow. For your parents. It's powerful, but it's only possible because I told her who I'm trying to be and I invited mm. her to help me. Um, so I think the, the key, the golden thread, the, the secret sauce is you got to get clear on who you're trying to be, what target you're aiming at, and then share it and say, I need help from key people, whether it's in my faith or whether it's in my relationships, my finances, my fitness or whatever. I'm handing you a rope. Call me on this if I'm not bringing it to life. Yeah, I, get, I mean, I've told this story a bunch of times, but it's, it's real, man. And, um, you know, I know, well, it's, I know how powerful it can be just because I've seen it in action. Yeah, I'm really glad I asked wow. that last question because <laughs> I, I had forgotten about the letter. And I remember you talking about mm -hmm. it at the program. And uh, that is a perfect bow to talk about leadership and trust and vulnerability and integrity. Beautiful stuff, Kevin. And wow. I, I knew coming into this, we would be aligned because you and I have talked before, yeah. but you have really enriched my day, enriched my life. And I know for these listeners, given them some beautiful pieces, I, I joke about wisdom bombs. I feel like it's not giving them the worthiness they deserve by putting that label on it because they're even bigger than that. I, I mean, clearly this, you know, coming from the military background, this, this is the guided missile nuclear bomb. <laughs> yeah. Nuclear wisdom bomb. It is. It is so, amazing. Wow. Thank you so much, Kevin. Maneuver of trust yeah. and vulnerability. Mm. So thanks for being here, Kevin. Uh, as we wrap up, a couple of quick questions. One is, is there anything going on in your life, your business that you particularly want to promote or highlight? Um, I tell you what, one thing we're doing, I'm doing it in a partnership with another company and uh, it's called Peer Leader Huddles. So everything's gone virtually, right? And what a guy, Rob Nielsen at All American Leadership and I have teamed up and what we decided to do is every month now this is a pay to play thing but uh organizations partner up and say we'd like to pay sort of the membership and we know that every month you're going to visit a different leadership topic so let's say next month it's going to be sort of elevating trust in your organization well we offer it four times the third wednesday and thursday of every month but it's offered at different levels so if mm. you happen to be a frontline supervisor or uh, just frontline employee, just team contributor, you would explore that and then go to breakout rooms and huddle with people at your level who kind of get what it's like to be at your level. And then the next session would be for you know, frontline supervisors and team leaders and things like that. Next uh, Thursday morning would be for C, uh, CFOs, COOs, uh, uh, squadron commanders, senior NCOs, non-commissioned officers. And then the Thursday afternoon one is for the C-suite folks. So the team captains, the wing commanders, the general officers, the CEOs, because it's helpful to explore the topic with people who got to get what it's like at your level. Hmm. So that's been, a, it's been a neat thing. And then people uh, from the same organizations can huddle over the course of a month and go, Hey, we all talk about the same thing. Let's have a, a lunch and learn, or let's have a video session where we talk about what came up in your respective level and your peer Brilliant. level. Well, it's a neat, cool. it's, it's been a neat thing. Um, and you get to explore a new topic every month. So how do people find out about that? And also how do they get in touch with you? Well, um, I'm, my last name is pronounced basic, which is unfortunate because I went through basic training. So, uh, you know, in the military, you go through boot camp. You don't want to draw any attention to yourself at boot camp. I was basic, basic. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But, um, it's spelled with a K. So, Basic Insight is, um, uh, I'm Kevin Basic, I'm on LinkedIn. So if somebody just reaches out and said, hey, I'd like to learn a little bit more about what you're doing, 
happy to explore it with them. And right. my website's available as well. We will make that all available. And we always wrap up with a question. And the question I'm going to throw at you, Kevin, because it's my favorite, is about movies. Yeah. So um, what's the movie or the character, the scene, or maybe just the line that speaks to you about leadership? I There's a movie, um, well, Ray, the movie Ray, about Ray Charles. Okay. And I, and I don't, I should remember the, the actress's name, but there was a flashback in the movie Ray about, um, he was born with sight and he slowly lost his sight when he was about five years old and dirt poor living in Mississippi and single mom trying to raise this kid. And she knows he's losing his sight. It's breaking her heart. And uh, life's not going to be easy for this black kid in Mississippi growing up blind. Hmm. So in the scene, he trips walking in the door and he's calling out to the mother and he's, ba he's basically blind by this time. And it's just such a powerful scene because he's crying out for her mommy. I need you. I need you, mommy. I can't find you. Where are you? But she starts, starts to take a step toward him because her heart is there. I love him so much. I want to go lift him up, but she knows because I love him, I need to take a step back mm. and let him struggle. Wow. And that's one hard thing. That, that's one of the hardest things for me as a dad, as a leader, is to let people grow into their awareness of their strength by letting them struggle. Oh, so good. And eventually wow. the kid stands up and he starts to listen in a way he hadn't listened before. And he starts to move around and orient himself in a way that was never permitted because his mom would roll in and help him because she felt so bad for him. And he ends up finding a cricket in the corner of the room and playing with it. And she's crying. I'm crying watching this. <laughs> But it just, it's a powerful reminder of, as leaders, heart-forward leaders, um, the, sometimes the, the struggle is the path. You know, that's a stoic phrase. But uh, we've got to allow people to struggle in order to see the strength that's hidden within them. Well, thank you. That was a new one. Thank you, yeah. Kevin. Yeah, I'll send Jeff. I'll send you the clip, and you'll go. Oh, yeah, I got this. Is yeah. I, I got to hold on to this one. Please do. Wow. Thank you again for being with us, Kevin. This has been amazing. Yes. Look forward to the ongoing conversations, and uh, thanks for bringing your wisdom today. Well, thank yes, thank you, guys. you. I love what you're doing. My heart's with you. I'm a little kindred spirit. So thanks for inviting me to play along a little bit. And you got me in the future. I look forward to, to looking up. All right. Thanks. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside.
The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.